Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name's Doug Cunnington, and today I'm super excited. I get to talk to one of my my buddies. I've known him for a long time, but we haven't um, we actually haven't talked very much until pretty recently. So I'm going to be interviewing Alex Drew, and we're going to go over all the details about aged premium domains and why they can give you a little bit of an advantage if you're building a website. So Alex, pleasure to have you on. How's it going today? Yeah, going great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, anyone who's watching this, we've been sponsoring, you know, with actual a lot of enthusiasm, your podcast for about one year and a half, at least, I believe right now. And it's been a pleasure. And funny thing is when you focus on building a business, you do not have much time to actually put yourself out there, uh, which I somehow regret because it goes both ways sometimes. So now that we're doing this, um, I think it will add great value because sometimes I just view myself as the person is better able to articulate whatever the vision of the business is. So again, thanks for having me. You got it. Yeah, you guys have been great partners and your team's been awesome to work with. And I know, I know what you're saying. It's like, do you spend time on the marketing or are you like trying to run the business? And there's always some balance and it's hard to split your time in both ways. So it worked out great for me since we've been able to work together. But yeah, let's talk about Otis just a little bit and about your role. It, like I said, we don't know each other super well. So I'm, I'm curious about that. And let's start with, you know, what you do at Otis and then we'll get into your background and how you got into this world of uh, websites. Yeah, so um, I'm one of the founders, uh, but we actually recently split with my partner, so I completely took over the business. Uh, but while I'm one of the founders, and somehow I've been, you know, the CEO managing the operations uh, since the very beginning. You know, something like frontline guy, you know, handling, hiring, firing, uh, managing, you know, building relationships. So sort of like you know the the classical CEO. Got it. How old is the company? So the, the current company, as it is incorporated in Estonia, is, um, I think it's close to seven years old. Yep. Seven okay. years old. Six and a half, seven years old. But the overall business, domaining business, I think, um, I think you can find proof of its, of its existence since 2012 or so. Uh, wow. as, as a, as a business that sells domains, because my, you know, History goes back to 2005 when it comes to actual, you know, building sites, buying domains, but an actual, as a business model, it started evolving in 2012 or so. Got it. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's a, that's a dinosaur in internet years. So let's go back to like 2005 or even before. Uh, so yeah. what was your educational background and then uh, lead us into the 2000 time, fr time frame there when you got into websites? So I, like I've studied history, I studied philosophy. I've done lots of martial arts in my life. So what, once upon a time, I thought, well, this internet thing is cool. And I believe I've even wrote about this on Facebook. I, I've asked a question like, when did you build your first website, and what tools did you use? And I was the first one to answer my own question. And I believe it was like two thousand and. One, I cannot even remember what age was that, like how old was I, but it was 2001 and I was using a piece of software uh, sent to me by a body from New York. I think she was a freelancer called Net Objects Fusion. Fast forward, my first AdSense affiliate website, 2005 or so. And then I've started like actively like devouring the entire affiliate marketing and internet and making money online thing. And from then, I, I never looked back and it kind of progressed. Uh, um, I think the first age domain was acquired via service. Back in the day, it was Fresh Drop. It was the first aggregator of domains. I believe it was even before expireddomains.net, which everyone knows of. And ever since I've basically, all my main projects were built on age domains. Like I've, I've barely registered any, any fresh domains either to invest or to build websites on. So it goes, you know, as you said, dinosaurus years in internet years. <laughs> yeah, that that is super old. I am not even familiar with the 2001 tool that you mentioned there, which is weird because I went to school for computer engineering and was around a lot of CS, uh, very nerdy type people that would have been dabbling in that. I don't remember running across it in those years. So that is, yeah, super interesting. So 2005, you started getting into it. 
sounds like you were obsessed. Did you ever have like a corporate gig or you kind of went directly into uh, internet marketing and websites? So I operated, so I was a one-man army. Initially, I learned everything myself. Uh, I don't have like a business education per se. I've never like started, you know, I don't have an MBA or anything. I just learned everything myself, starting with basic accounting, you know, and how to run a business, you know. And, and then I believe my first company was registered in around 2010. Then I had another one. So different type of jurisdictions I until I found like Estonia which works really well for uh, startups, sort of like the Silicon Valley of Europe, uh, which I decided to, to establish this particular one and went further from that. Okay. And before we get into the age domains, uh, one more tangent. Where are you from originally? I can't place the accent. Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit complicated. You know, my mother is Eastern European. Uh, and I've lived in Eastern European countries, Romania, Estonia, uh, all my life, you know, um, and therefore sort of like my wife is Romanian, so I lived uh, quite a bit of time in Romania. So I do speak a little bit of Romania. Uh, I do speak a little bit, of, even a little bit of Russian, like I do speak. Uh, uh, I've lived a couple of years in Estonia. I've incorporated there. So yeah, it's sort of like an Eastern European, but um, I do have some very old relatives from Australia and New Zealand. So you can date back, but I've never got the chance to meet them. So it's sort of like, a, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very complicated mix. <laughs> Your English is great. I was going to say, I'm always a little bit embarrassed when I talk to, you know, a more international person, especially, you know, European folks tend to know a lot of languages. And most of the time, sadly, your grammar is a little bit better than mine, just because I get a little sloppy with the vernacular around here, but your English is great. So are you ready to transition? Anything else about your background before we move into the age domains and stuff? No, not really. I'm really fond of anything age domain, so let's deep dive. All right. So some people have heard of expired domains, and that was kind of my first exposure to you know, the world of age domains, but what is the difference between an expired domain and an age domain? Is it just a marketing label? It became a marketing label. Initially, the expired domain kind of better described the life cycle of a domain. So you register a domain, it goes through some kind of activity, it harnesses all this value, which ends up being intrinsic value when you buy it, and then it goes into this expiration, you know, redemption rate, obviously expiration status from where you can actually get it and buy it. The main difference back in the day, because you have all this kind of terminology, it went up like a contest, like who knows how to better label these type of domains. So you had expired, dropped, um, you know, um, you've had age domains. Originally, age domains were domains that never dropped. However, and then you say, and then Everyone started asking, like, where do you get them? Well, you get them from auctions. But as of recently, since the whole website industry involved, massively evolved, you have so many other places where you can get them. For instance, I can buy your site, which matches the criteria of an age domain, but it never expired. It never went to auction. So I can take any site. I can buy a ranking site from Serbs, from my competitor, I can buy my competitor, and that is an age domain, and it will never go to auctions. No one will ever get the chance. So, as a matter of fact, lots of our inventories, around 15 to 20 percent right now, is sites that make good age domains. So, in some cases, we will ask them to keep the content on. So, the difference is at least it was, but it somehow evolved. For us, it's now barely a, a marketing concept, like we. we are tagging these domains as aged because they represent, you know, historically they managed to harness all this value. But originally it was ex an expired domain expired, an age domain never expired. So you managed to get it before it expires. Nowadays, when I talk about an age domain, I talk about an entity which has history, which is old, and which managed throughout all the history to harness, you know, backlinks, authority, traffic, maybe, uh, excellent backlinks, it's still indexed, and it just you know, has all the value that you can use to your advantage when either launching a site or using it, you know, um, for well, as a means of growth, you know, as a tool redirect or whatever the, the strategy is. Got it. And you started to answer, you know, part of the, the next set of questions, like why would someone 
get an age domain, which we'll we'll just use age domain. I think the the market in the industry has matured. So most people are using aged or premium domains versus expired generally. So yep. why do people get these? Can you expand on the value, the SEO value of these domains generally? So as a matter of fact, it's, I always recommend to view age domains beyond, you know, the SEO, the basic SEO approach. So think about this way. You operate a business like a real estate business. And your competitor goes out of business. And obviously, you remember the Moz days when they used to say that links have a ghost, like a ghost period, when you drop a link, you remove a link, but Google will still take into account the value and it will take time until it diminishes the, you know, the fact, the, whatever the value that link brought. And same with the business. It, you know, you have remnants of, um, the brand, it might have traffic, incoming links. So there is value in that. If you can use that strategically to your business, you can take advantage of it. And this is 100% unique to domains. There is no other industry in the world where you can so easily take advantage of the assets of a business that went out of business or went bankrupt or just, you know, closed the shop. With domains, you can snap that right away via auctions or by just making them an offer. So it's really easy. So the way I see someone can, you know, take advantage of the authority of an age domain is simply by considering a purely business application. Like, how do I strategically use Doug's business to promote Odis? If I, let's assume you go out of business and then I can take, for instance, your content, your links, your domains, your courses, I can merge it in my business and I can make something. Your user base, uh, we oftentimes are blown away by how much active brand traffic some age domains have. And those people even register on Otis at the marketplace trying to get in touch with the former business, you know, try, well, this was owned by a real, by a realtor. Uh, you know, I'm looking for the services. Can you put me in touch? Like, how do I get them? Do I need to buy the domain? So they're confused, but it means like the old business has still gets traction. So if you own a real estate business, it makes sense for you to buy other, you know, age domain real estate, uh, real estate age domains and just find means to merge them with your business or strategically use them within your business. And that makes perfect sense, especially with like niche site project where I have, you know, something like 500 podcasts out there and over a thousand videos, like there's some intrinsic value, there's traffic coming, people will be looking for it in a you know, kind of weird, but for years to come, those videos are going to live on for quite a while and people will be looking for whatever I linked to at the time. So, okay. Very cool. Well, we're talking about SEO and generally, at least at this point in time, 2023, Google is the SEO that we're usually talking about. So how does Google treat age domains? I think there's probably a range. If a domain was dropped, maybe Google treats it a little differently. If it's a site that was never dropped and it's just sort of an acquisition, I'm sure it's completely different. But can you take us through the range of, I guess, reactions that Google yeah. might have to something like this? So at some point in time, everyone started to compete again around terms and technicalities. Is a drop domain worse than an age domain? Where we actually did test and realize it's not the drop status where the actual re original registration date gets reset. But there is one simple question that needs to be answered. How long has the website or domain been down? How long will the website has been de-indexed from Google? The longer, the harder it will to start getting traction again. That's why, for instance, and since GoDaddy Auctions is the most and the, the, the biggest auction platform, and since they monetize, meaning they try to auction their inventory in the redemption grace period for when sometimes you can even get it with a live website in some cases, they auction it at a period of time when the former website is still indexed by Google. So when you take it over really quick and you claim ownership in seven days, you can even pick up some of the former rankings right away. Whereas with a drop domain, it has to go through a longer period of time. First, the host goes down, then the registry doesn't know how to monetize it. And the only way out is for it to drop from the registry. Then it gets picked up again. If it doesn't, maybe a lower quality domain, it's available for registration. Someone finds it's registered. So it may be months. So in, 
during all this time, Google has enough time to assess that, well, nobody needs this domain. So what if they're not that important? So, you know, obviously it's, it not only leads to a 404, it's completely, it doesn't even have DNS to solve and it gets the index from Google. So all the value somehow gets, you know, diminished. So when you relaunch it, there is still value, but it will get much more action. But if you have a drop domain with 1000 highly authoritative links, it will still end up performing well, just my take. Do you have any way to gauge how long it will take? And I think it probably has something to do with how long it was dormant. However, I have heard, you know, one-off anecdotes where someone said, ah, it took like two years. Like we did a ton of stuff and other people say it took two and a half weeks. Uh, and, you know, I don't have all the details, but you hear a huge range. And sometimes, you know, if it takes a long time, people won't give it time. So any guidelines on how to judge that? Well, first of all, you know, observational evidence is not statistical evidence. So if you, you know, just observed your website performing one way, doesn't mean anything. You have to compare to something else. You have to actually run A, B, C, test to, to figure out something. So what I can tell you, for instance, you may have a website that falls into the age domain, you know, sort of like acceptance criteria for us, but it's an actual website. And we say, Doug, we'll list it for sale, but don't remove the website. The actual value in those 50 pages, which are 15 pages, which are still indexed in Google. Now, one of our members buys it and he starts actively publishing content. And guess what? Sometimes that can rank in 24 hours. In some other cases where it's just an age domain and with just age domain without a website, we still have this showcase page on where it's a home page where that says listed for sale with bits of unique content that keeps it indexed and even ranking for the brand, which might get traffic. And it, in some other cases, Google will recall the website, figure it's a new website. So that might take a week or two. In other cases, you can have this, both cases, either with an age domain or a website, but they have very little understanding of what they're doing. So they're buying, let's say, niche site project, and they start posting, let's say, surveys-related content. So they figured, well, it's still money-related, but it's a completely different topic. Like, you haven't covered that before. Plus, the background profile doesn't power that up. So you will not rank. Or you rank, but on the second page, third page, like, Google will not rank survey-related or how to make money filling surveys content on your website, which may rank, but you can't compete with surveys.com, for instance. So the Lack of ability to rank doesn't necessarily correlate with the power of an age domain. So if you do all the things right, like the domain is not abused and you have the top, the topicality in place, the chance of it not ranking is very, very little. Most of the time, there is something that you are not doing right, just like with brand new domains. Whereas with age domains, you just get a kickstart, you know, because of the backlink profile and the fact that it's indexed. And let's go deeper a little bit into the the backlinks. So obviously the backlinks are uh, it's good from an SEO perspective, which if you want to expand on that just a little, that's fine. But how how much value do they retain? And if it's a little redundant uh, from some of the answers before, that's okay. I just want to make sure we go through this. So backlinks, how much value do they retain over time? Let's Because I've seen some you know, 20-year-old domains and some of the links might be 18 years old. So are those any good? Yeah. In my opinion, there are two main factors which contribute to the value of links. That is the age of the link and the fact if it generates or not traffic. So the older a link has been, you know, crawled by Google, if they are aware of a link that has been live and actively, you know, used for 20 years, it means it holds some value. So I, I haven't actually read any patent that confirms that, but I, but I strongly believe there is value in that. So oftentimes, as you get the chance to hold an age domain in your portfolio, some of the links might drop. They, that inevitably happens since the web evolves, right? But some never drop. They're just stuck there. So those links, I believe, hold a ton of value. And the second highly valuable links are those that generate traffic. So if you have a placement on a page that ranks or gets, you know, social traffic and by clicking on that link, you can get referral traffic. And most of the sites have Google Analytics these days. They just are, they are able to see that that link generates traffic and that's a highly valuable link and the traffic is legit. So I believe the authority 
of links come mainly from that. And with HDMI, obviously, there are some links that you can simply cannot replicate even with the most expensive, you know, Harrow links or outreach uh, links. So in, in some cases, uh, we even like if our viewers go to searchinternethistory.com, they will see that that domain redirects to a blog post. That's an HDMI that we managed to get from auctions. And it redirects to a blog post, which says how to use archive.org to feel the history of a website. So the, the match was absolutely perfect. If you check the backlink profile of searchinternethistory.com, you will be blown away by the links. You know, I can't remember, but something from TechCrunch to, you know, the highest authority websites on the web. And those links, you know, we managed to get a link from TechCrunch. It was a little bit of, a, you know, outrage, sort of like they review our startup, but it cost us almost 20 for one link. So imagine this website, it holds a backlink profile worth you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars if you were to buy each and each link individual. So again, the age of the link and the ability to generate traffic, I believe these two are really highly insane. Yeah, I know what you mean, uh, especially with the outreach agencies that are out there. There's some, you know, pretty complicated stuff that they do or they have contacts at the, ver the various outlets so they can reach out. And usually those links are relevant and good, but it could be just jaw-droppingly expensive to get those links. But with an age domain, you may have, you know, 15 of those or something like that that are, you know, 10 years old from you know, USA Today, New York Times, TechCrunch, and it's pretty much impossible to replicate even if you had unlimited funds, which is kind of crazy to think about. So, all right. Before we move on to assessing the domains, is there any other SEO consideration that someone needs to consider? Well, first of all, and I'd like to contribute to the end of that expired versus drop versus age domain thing. Think about this thing. Does this domain make sense as a means of growth for your business? Will it add value for your business? So take a step back and view anything related to age domains as a means, just like you spend on traffic, on links, you know, on pay-per-click, on content, you can also spend on age domains. For instance, as a domaining business, if I see any domain related to domaining, I will get it. I will take advantage of it. I will see, you know, what was historically on the domain. I will try to reach out to the former owner. I will try to invite them, you know, to maybe contribute. I will do a one redirect it into Odis. I will create an nice landing page, see if I can convert those visitors. So think about as deep as lead generation through the maze. I've mentioned this during different podcasts that I've been invited to. We had a web designer, freelancer, buy a web design related domain. And what he did is he simply slapped his lead generation form and it started getting him leads even before it got trolled by Google. That because he was getting, you know, referral traffic through the So there is lots of intrinsic value in highly valuable age domains and, you know, your listeners and viewers should take advantage of that. Think beyond the SEO, because if all the, you know, let's say you want a 301 redirected in, if you do all the things right, you will move the needle. Those, you know, green arrows can start eventually going up, but you should think value beyond rankings because rankings will follow up, but what else can you get from the domain? And when you find a good match with your business, you will always be able to take it. Perfect. And I think one perfect way for people to think about it is a, a bigger business. I guess you just gave the example also, but a bigger business that's acquiring competitors, which is a pretty normal thing in a mature industry. And they may acquire, you know, some of their smaller competitors, five or 10 or, you know, a lot of them over time. And, and that actually brings me to the bridge between like the, the SEO thing and the intrinsic value. So how many 301 redirects, we're getting advanced here. How many 301 redirects is, you know, quote, too many? Can there be too many? Or is it just kind of a normal thing that might happen where, you know, Amazon or Google might acquire, you know, hundreds of companies and it's not weird for them to have a lot of 301 redirects to manage that. So any guidelines on that? Yeah, you've basically answered the question. Like, if you're talking about Google or Amazon, they, I think they can get away with get away perceived from an SEO perspective. Like, Google itself won't analyze itself for 10,000 redirected domains. What if those 10,000 redirected domains actually are smaller companies that they bought on time? Now, I have a friend in Brazil 
He's an excellent local SEO, and he's able to rank in weeks with just PBN links. And the way he gets away with that is by aggressively doing pay-per-click. So he will get the link velocity with a fresh new domain to such an extent, but he has to somehow compensate. Like Google will index those links, but at the same time, where are those links coming from? Like if it's a real business and it does all the other things, content, you know, traffic, you know, they're, they're buying, they're, they're doing all sorts of like video, YouTube, like, you know, they have these trust signals, brand signals, they have a real address. Then they will even reward the lower quality links. In other cases, if you just try to aggressively get links on three wire direct 30 domains in a week, you most likely will trigger some penalties there because it's too aggressive. So the way I see it, like odys.global as a domain has around dozen redirects in right now. But the way we see it, like we do not time it. We do not care about it. We simply see, like we have acquired Sean Markey's juicemarket.com, which is an attempt to build another age domain marketplace. Well, honestly, it didn't work out so well for them. So they decided to exit. We bought the domain. We also signed a partnership for half a year. Sean contributed to our blog. He wrote some extensive, in-depth domain analysis. So we ended up in a quite fruitful collaboration with, with Sean based on that acquisition. Also, the, if you go to juicemarket.com right now, it will lead to our marketplace. And occasionally we get new account request access mentioning we discovered you via Juice Market because they might have heard about Juice Market from Sean's interviews. They went to Juice Market. Now it redirects to Odie's Global. And we have a couple more similar domains. So let's say we end up acquiring your business, right? And we at some point decide to integrate it within Odie's because it doesn't make sense to keep it in a separate domain, right? So we'll do exactly the same. We'll just feel why redirected it. Is it too aggressive? I wouldn't say so. Why? Well, we operate as a legitimate business. You know, we bought other companies, other businesses, other domains. Uh, we've positioned that as a legitimate course of action for our business. So even with affiliate websites or content websites, if you do all the things right, if you have the EAT and trust signals in place, if you do social, maybe you can even do it like Matt Diggity does it, you know, by when you have a high converting page with organic traffic, why not run some paid traffic to it, you know, kind of scale it. If you do all the things, I don't think that the volume of CO1 redirects, you know, there is a, an actual limit to that. I think there is an actual limit to how many domains in your niche you can actually find legitimate ones. Now, there is a limit, there is a constraint there, but with, you know, worrying that Google will penalize you for doing this thing, I don't think uh, it will happen if you treat your website as a business. Man, I was gonna say there, there's so uh, there's so many deep topics that we can go into, and I guess it, yeah. now you didn't ask me to do this, but you guys have a podcast over at Otis, right? So it's it's kind yeah. of fresher, kind of newer, but you guys go deep into the topics. Before we talk about our, our next section here, do you want to talk about the podcast just a tiny bit? Yeah, so podcast is a recent initiative. I'd say about doesn't yet have a year, but it's been very successful. I'd say uh, mainly because helps with the relationship building. So you invite someone who familiarize themselves um, with, the, with, the, with the company. And we've recently started to experiment with live streams as well beyond the podcast. I believe some businesses struggle to explain their vision, their mission, the problem they're solving. So the podcast is not just a mainstream thing that everyone is doing, just the ability to, you know, properly deliver the message and, you know, yeah, that, that's a thing that we realized we have to do and we're doing it. Awesome. Yeah, so we'll link up and people could check that out. And then I'll also mention that I've interviewed Sean before, a good dude. He had a great story. Yeah. So somewhere back in the archive, there's an interview with him. I think he, he sold something and it was an exciting story. So we chatted. So, all right, back into the outline here. So let's talk about assessing domains. So what metrics should people look at? What are the key things that someone should consider when they're looking at a domain? Funny story, I was, you know, browsing my Facebook feed and someone, well, I, I wouldn't mention the name obviously, mentioned that they bought an expired domain from GoDaddy Auction that had 8 million backlinks from 280 unique referring domains. And they bought it for like $350 or so. And they say, wow, what an awesome acquisition. And I've immediately commented and say, well, please do not redirect that to your clients. Please do not use this domain. That's an average of 
you know, 20,000 unique backlinks for every referring domain. So that's unnatural. And obviously what happened there, they got to look by the metrics. They saw what? 8 million links. And that's a big no-no. So what comes with that is that forget about metrics. The first thing that you should do, check the backlinks profile and see if there is any value in that. If the backlink profile is powered by a substantial amount of high authority backlinks and there is no abuse historically, then it's pretty nice to have some metrics. But if you can find at least a handful, like a dozen, you know, of high authority links, that's a great domain. That's a great domain to have. If it has DR50, that's excellent. If it has DR25, that's great. But a, a domain with a very similar backlink profile can have a DR12. Well, maybe Ahrefs algo doesn't, you know, take into account some links for some reason, but you still have the links there and they're indexed in Google and I might even have some trickle traffic. So think about, again, from an intrinsic value perspective and how much you'd have to spend on those that link if you had to outreach or buy them. That's the first thing. Everything else, like DR, like we've stopped paying attention to some of the metrics from companies like Majestic and Moz, not because they're doing a bad job, but because that's a distraction and you may end up saying no to really great domains just because this is how they interpret certain metrics. And I just checked the backlink profile and historically the abuse, if the domain was abused or not. I believe that's the most important thing. Obviously, the fact that it has 500 referring domains obviously is great, but that's not the first thing that I pay attention to. How can someone verify or check if a domain has been, been abused? So what are the big red flags when you look? Yeah, so first of all, most abused, abused high-quality, high-authority abused domains, there aren't indexed in Google. And what we've noticed, even if they've been down for a very long time, highly authoritative domains that have thousands or hundreds of unique referring domains, they still, Google still keeps them indexed. Because I think they believe there is value in showing that the business is offline or something happened. They keep that. So if you search for the brand, it's still indexed. So if the domain is not indexed, you may, you know, deep dive into see what particular reason may be to that. Another thing is try Googling the brand. If you're, you know, after a domain that has 8 million links and it doesn't rank for the brand, red flag. And there are another couple of check, like checking the brand. And then the TLD extension without the dot, you know, some of those combinations, they may work out. Obviously, archive.org is your best friend. You should perform your due diligence there, um, making sure the domain hasn't been defaced, hasn't been repurposed. Even with defacing, sometimes any website can get hacked, right? But it doesn't mean that seriously affect if you take quick action and fix it. With re like blatant repurposing, now that's different. If your website would get hacked and suddenly you'd start serving, you know, some shady content, like that's a big no-no. Uh, back in the days, Google would interpret that as this site has been hacked and they would even show that in the SERPs. I think they don't show that anymore because they're able to assess faster and understand, but they still treat that and might, you know, slap or penalize the website. And obviously, check the backlink profile. First thing, anchor text. Look at the anchor text. If you see any commercial anchor text in there, Legitimate age domains that haven't been SEO'd by SEO companies, they have a cute organic looking anchor text profile. Um, top keywords being the brand name dominating there. So if you see, you know, um, by links in there or any commercial keyword, that's a red flag. Again, I'm not saying the domain is not good, but that's a red flag. The last thing. Obviously, trademarks. You can find an excellent domain name that will start ranking in less than a week and then get a season dismiss letter from someone's legal team saying you cannot use this domain. So obviously, pay attention to that as well. Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah, I haven't heard of that one. Very good. So it sounds like there are some things you have to verify. So what tools do you use to uh, you know, verify these things while you're assessing the domains? You know, common sense research, like using Google as set, you know, site column, check how many pages indexed, if indexed, uh, do a little bit of research into the brand. Is there some, any 
bad PR, maybe some scandals that have been, you know, historically associated with this domain, any bad stuff like really ugly stuff, shady, funky stuff there. That's the first thing. Then obviously check the backlink profile. If the backlink profile is really bad, don't even bother checking archive.org. So leave the time consuming stuff, which most of the time is the archive.org and, and trademarks. Um, or I'd rather start with a trademark. If the domain is the exact match active trademark, doesn't make sense to waste your time checking anything else. Just, that's it. Just leave it. Uh, if the trademark is fine, check the background profile, check its index. If that's fine, look into archive.org. We obviously check all the tools, even though we rely most on Ahrefs, but we check all the tools. For instance, uh, Majestic.com has this thing that that Ahrefs doesn't, which is historical backlinks. So sometimes you may find some shady historical links that have meanwhile dropped, but there's maybe some still some risk associated with that former abuse, like link abuse, which you cannot see in other tools. So we, I believe from all the tools, we use all of them for different minor stuff just to make sure that we aren't missing anything. Recently, we've been starting checking if the domain is indexed in other search engines like Bing, for instance. Doesn't add much value, but sometimes you can see some spammy pages indexing Bing, and those pages haven't been picked up by Google. So then you may try to figure out, well, it means the website might have been abused. It just Google ignore that abuse, but there's still hmm. something in it. So let's say you go through all these uh, points in your checklist, it checks out. Is there a way that you can verify if a domain has been penalized or blacklisted by Google? Is there any verification to do that? Sometimes with, so let's think, you try to sell me a domain and, you know, the domain looks great, but it's not indexed. And I say, Doc, how much? And you say $500. I, say, I wouldn't pay more than a hundred because it's not indexed, right? So that I kind of take that risk on. So I kind of buy that risk as well. So we'd pay, sometimes we'd pay lower, you know, a low amount for the domain that aren't indexed yet are somehow great. And then we try to get them indexed. So we you know, you install a basic WordPress site, we add some content, we may even add them to the Google search console and just take it from there. Sometimes they, you know, get indexed really quick and then it's our win. Some never get indexed. And then obviously that's a loss for us. We will never sell domains that never get indexed or, you know, don't pass all our duty. So in some cases, the risks are hidden. So you either take the risk or you don't take the risk. So, but again, it starts with the trademark and then I'd deep dive into, is it indexed or not? Does it rank for the brand? Because there is no legitimate business out there with a domain that doesn't rank for the brand. If it doesn't, they did something shady and that has to be investigated. Okay. Got it. And just for the people that, that don't know, luckily this has not happened to me, but let's say you do acquire that domain for the $100 and then you're doing some checking. Mm -hmm. From what I've heard, you could put it into a Google Search Console, and then you'll see the penalty will pop back up. Is that an accurate depiction of what might happen? Well, if it's a manual penalty, it might get picked up by your new Google Search Console. But if it's in like algo penalty, if it's something that was triggered by you know some content form or some low quality content or some abuse, it might not be there. It might never be showed by Google in the Google search console. And then you need to figure it out what went wrong. So in some cases it helps, in other cases, um, it doesn't even make sense to add it to the Google search console if it doesn't get indexed really quick. And there are sort of lots of ways to get the, the, the website indexed. In most cases, age domains like get indexed really, really fast. Like with all those incoming links, you have spiders coming in from all those links. So the, um, you know, the crawl budget, the crawlability is way higher than with new domains. So if it quality age domain doesn't get indexed facts, that's already, um, you know, a red flag that was taken. Got it. Okay. Let's move on to acquiring the domain. So what are some best practices for getting an age domain? Feel free to, this will morph into talking about some of the marketplaces and, you know, companies like Otis that, vet and look and verify that, you know, maybe it's not, um, there, there's no abuse that happened on these. So let's just say someone wants to check out some age domains. What are good places to go? Well, obviously 
biggest marketplace for expiring inventory. That's expiring inventory is going to the auction. Like they dominate the, the, the main market and they dominate the aftermarket with all the companies that we, they own, like Aftonic, Dan.com as of recently, they acquired uh, Dan.com. So that is probably the best place to go if you want to try to, you know, bet on getting some great domains at a lower price. However, there are lots of hidden risks and that's where marketplaces like ours come into place. Uh, first of all, pricing for domains has gone up really high recently. So in some cases, we're doing some research and the average price of a great domain in our marketplace may be lower than GoDaddy auction. Why? Less hype. So auctions sometimes ends up, especially with great domains. And, you know, as of recently, lots of SEOs, they start featuring these auctions on their Twitter, on Facebook. And guess what happens? You know, it drags so much attention to that and pricing simply bubbles up and that's not a good thing. When you have a buy now price in a marketplace and it stays fixed, you know, you know, you may be paying a premium, but you know, you're not doing the due diligence yourself. You actually pass on the risk to the company if you buy a domain from us. And like, it rarely happens. In fact, this year alone, it never happened. But if you buy a domain and you buy the, uh, let's say, Shady link there say, Alex, well, you said those domains are legit. Guess what? We'll refund the money. We'll exchange the domain. You know, we have skin in the game there. With GoDaddy, they don't care. They will sell you trademark domains. They will monetize all the inventory. So you're, with the opportunity, you're also buying the risk, right? So it's a great place to start, but I'd still recommend, you know, a marketplace. Um, the way we've managed to find a space within the market is simply by giving buyers the peace of mind and saving them so much valuable time. Then we have other marketplaces like Collins SEO.domains. They have a huge inventory. In their case, they're also not paying attention to things like trademarks or the fact that it's indexed or not. However, then their main emphasis is on links and value and simply a huge inventory that you can find almost anything there. Uh, again, some pros and cons. We focus on quality. We focus on websites you can build an actual brand on. They focus on anything that holds at least some SEO value. So mainly through one redirects, you know, building networks of websites for linking purposes. Our goals, we'll try to, so our attempt was to legitimize the entire aftermarket and age domain. So it, it's not perceived as black hat or abusive. It's simply a reality of the aftermarket that online business owners can take advantage of by staying ethical and not abusing anyone. So domains are a reality. Age domains can be used, you know, strategically in your business. There are other marketplaces um, like NameJet, SnapNames, that again, you can go and try your luck with auctions, but all of them require this serious due diligence. Um, other marketplaces and competitive marketplaces like, you know, SERP names, SERP.domains, domain coasters. Um, Sean Markey used to run Juice Market that we acquired. There are quite a few of them, and some of them are, are really good, but you have to understand what you are buying, really, because sometimes paying less means spending double later on because of some of the things. So good things seldom cost cheap, let's put it this way. Right. So a couple, couple things. One, we were we had a slight audio issue earlier, but I think I just want to confirm one thing. You, did you say GoDaddy acquired a specific company? I just missed what that was. Yeah, yeah. they acquired Dan.com. So a huge company from Netherlands, their website. So basically they're a marketplace where you can list any domain. So now they're, you know, made their, let's, I, I'm not sure they bought any inventory, but they bought lots of companies, you know, so they're the biggest player in the market. I'm not sure if you know, like even. Google was forced to sell the other day their domains.google business for 160 million, I believe, to score spaces. Why? Because, well, domaining is a tough business to run. Margins are very low, especially for new registration, lots of customer support. So even Google, I'd say, couldn't handle this, the, the domaining business, so they were forced to sell. But nevertheless, GoDaddy is the biggest player still, especially for the aftermarket. Got it. Okay, and I'll I'm gonna make a quick analogy for people because I I think if people look at marketplaces, then they look at the auctions and they may think, oh, I can save a lot of money. Well, one you right run into the hype cycle that you described, but the analogy that I'll make is for um, cameras, and I, I I'm a camera guy, right? So yeah. I enjoy the lenses and all that stuff, and you could buy stuff on eBay, but 
you kind of left up to whatever the person wants to put in the description. The pictures might not be accurate. Maybe there's a big scratch or a dent and there's only so much due diligence you could you can do. You can't you know, check things as well as a domain where there's a history that you can go verify. And there are some companies, uh, one's called KEH, and it's actually out of Atlanta where I used to live. And I've bought used cameras from them for years and used lenses. And basically they go through, they make sure that the thing works. They have very accurate pictures. They tell you if it's, uh, you know, 70% out of a hundred because there's a little dust inside there. But basically you could rely on that piece of equipment working just like they said, even if it's 30 years old. And if you have an issue, just like you said, if you have an issue with it, you could send it back and they'll refund the money and they stand behind it because they've been doing this for a long time and they know what to check and they want to have repeat customers, right? So that's the thing. You can maybe get a cheaper deal on eBay for a lens, but maybe you have to buy two of those because you ended up with something that was busted and, and sort of misrepresented, which unfortunately has happened because I'm like, okay, I'll buy, I'll buy this lens. <laughs> Usually people don't kick their lens around and really beat it up unless they're like a a pro and they're out in the field. But anyway, that's a good analogy there. So let's let's talk about the auction process. So let's say someone's a little more bold. Do you have any tips for like actually winning an auction that's out there? Well, I can describe our entire process, but it requires all the part, (laughs) the team, a business, lots of software, like some of which is software that is custom built, in order to find the gems within the auction, you should use some of the existing software on the market, like, um, I believe, uh, Doug's um, Spamzilla.com, um, the, the founder, I, I think his name, as far as I remember, is also Doug. So, or, but even there, like, it's his vision on how to perform due diligence. Some things might be missing, at least the way we do it. That's why we do it internally. So in order to find a really good opportunity, we have to go after the entire list. So let's say you are looking at domains, we have at least a DR of five. Why? Because a DR5 domain will have at least a dozen or so links among which you can find some good authority. And you start by systematically checking the list that's expiring tomorrow, let's say with GoDaddy auction, that can be a 10,000 domain list, right? So, and you cannot manually check the DR, so you have to use the, you know, Ahrefs or Majestic API. Those API credits cost money. I'm not saying you can not just cherry pick domains from GoDaddy auctions, but it's like, you know, it's like mining for gold. Same approach. You just have to process lots and lots of batches of whatever, right? And in this case, you have just go through all the domains. So we have a team that we have a team around five people that each goes through around 700, several hundred domains each and every day. Then their manager picks the one that has passed their due diligence. So they do all the checks. And then we have another person that, you know, checks for trademarks and checks for all the uh, risks and sees if there is any demand for those domains in the first place, because you may be buying domains that there is no demand for, or the name is very funky, so to speak. And, you know, it takes time. And most importantly, you don't want to miss because sometimes you may say, well, I can see this closeout at GoDaddy auction for just $12 and it has 8 million links. That has to be a great deal. But in fact, you are missing something. So and another tip, like if you're really aggressive and you want to take your chance with a great domain, um, a tip I'd give beginners is look at the most expensive auction because obviously if there is demand, there is something good about it. Well, at least the chance, if there, the price is very low, it means everyone is staying away from that auction. If you, even if you've checked it with SU tools and you see there are lots of backrooms there, the fact that like age domain has become so popular that if you see that there is no demand, no bids, someone has done their due diligence and there is no demand. It's really not worth taking into account. And the other approach is just check the domain with the highest bids. If you want to, Find a great domain with low bids, you have to do the process that I described. You actually need a team that does this. And we, okay, we, we have days when we're not buying anything. Why? Because like, I could have bought that domain, but I would want to spend 20000 on a domain name because that's obviously 
hyped up by you know bloggers and the fact that GoDaddy auctions, for instance, is public. Uh, there are other companies that we buy from or you know, regularly check the inventory. So it has to be systematically done. Another thing is I can be luckier with a domain on the Christmas Eve, for instance, when everyone else is you know, just enjoying the dinner with their family, but I have a system in place that just runs. And the same domain on a, just any other day can be five grand. On the Christmas Eve, I can get lucky and get it for $500. So there are sacrifices which you have to make to get the really good inventory if you go straight to the source, so to speak. Whereas with marketplaces, you can just, you know, buy it for a buy now price. That's the main thing. Saving time and let's say outsourcing risk. Right. And it, it just makes me think, uh, like if I wanted to go check out an auction, I have to remember that I'm competing against you and your team and all the hundreds of other people that are doing a similar thing that are experts in the industry. They have the systems where I would be fumbling around, not really understanding how to you know, manage all the information and make a bid that I could actually get a good ROI on. Okay. Yep. So, so let's move on to some of the details within Otis. So we've been talking about um, just age domains, but there's some other things that you guys have like recently added in there. Can you go over those? Yep. So our new marketplace also supports premium names, just great names. Now, obviously, we're extremely picky with those and also websites. Why? Well, let's say you have a startup website. You decided, you know, to build it on the same age domain, maybe you got it from us or you bought it on your own. And now you have this asset that's a website built on a great domain and you want to list it for sale. Obviously, you might be interested in the, you know, just the domain sale value, but we'll say, well, it has five pages or 15 pages. Why not leave those on? First of all, leaving those on, especially for SEOs, adds, you know, additional value. Well, there is value in buying a site versus just a domain. Plus, Buyers, potential buyers, won't have so many questions like, why did they give up on the site? When you tell them, well, they just want to exit the website because they want to focus on something else, well, leave the website with the sale, then it makes sense. Whereas if they delete the website and just serve the domain, then they may start being suspicious. Look, um, there might have been some kind of penalty or, you know, there was something wrong with the website, in which case we kind of solve the problem. With premium names, Look, we put so much emphasis into building high-quality relationships with our customers. Sometimes you may buy an age domain from us, and then you can come back to us and say, look, I really want a great name. I have this startup idea. Can you help me get one? In which case, we realize if we have some just premium names inventory, they'd rather buy from us because they've done business with us. They trust already. Instead of going to other marketplaces and just dealing with people that they don't trust, they don't know if they're paying below a hefty price, like maybe an exaggerated price. So we, we, we thought like adding, like diversifying inventory with premium names and websites besides HMA will help everyone out. Okay. And for the, for the sites that have content, basically, you know, someone's selling a website, what value is placed on either the content or, I mean, some of the sites may be earning a little bit of money, right? So how do you how do you deal with the valuation of those when you think about maybe like empire flippers or other brokers that are in the same space for that kind of product? So we evaluate the domain only because we're a domain marketplace, but sometimes the domain alone can be more valuable than whatever the site makes multiplied by the market average. That's why we've recently experienced a really interesting phenomenon where people list their money-making websites. And I mean, it doesn't make like $2,000 a month something that Empire Flippers would accept. It may be like $50 a month, $150 a month. So like those startup sites that get some traction, make some money. But at, at the domain valuation, assuming it is on a highly high value domain name, it can be sold for more. So the way it works, you'd list a website. And let's say the website has content and the website has you know links and traffic and maybe earning some money. And if we see that it's on a great domain, let's say it's doc.com, well, we'll evaluate and we'll assess it and we'll say, well, dog.com is worth at least $50,000 as a domain name. And this will potentially get you more than selling it as a money-making website, making $150 to $100 a month. 
In some other cases, the domain evaluation is lower than the multiple for the website. In which case, you can say, well, that's lower than I want to receive. And then we give you the freedom. Well, you can list it for more. Obviously, we'll describe that it has traffic, rankings, making some money, but you shouldn't expect a fast sale. That's why, that's because on a, on a large scale of things, you know, it's still perceived as a domain marketplace and they buy domain. So we will evaluate the domain in some cases if it makes sense to be sold for more as a domain. Okay, cool. And are those, are those noted specifically in the Otis filtering or how, how does someone find those sites? that already have content. Yeah, the new user interface is really, really straightforward. In the left nav menu or filters menu, you have like types, and there are three types, age domains, premium names, and websites. So you click on those and you immediately, they will immediately feature those that are tagged with websites or premium names. So one click on the websites type of inventory will give you, we have around, I believe, 30 or 40 sites right now listed for sale. So that will get you the websites right away. Perfect. Okay. Well, as we're winding down here, I think you covered a lot of the mistakes that people might make. But if you could just rank maybe like the top three mistakes that people make when they are either acquiring or using an age domain. So as said, the biggest trouble you can get into is that trademark-related legal trouble. Um, the worst thing is, so you can own a trademark domain, but you don't have the right to use it. Especially, like, you can use it for a different purpose. Let's say I buy dog.show and I use it for a completely different thing than internet marketing. But if you accidentally let go of the domain, I buy dog.show and I use it for exactly the same type of business, then most likely you'll sue me. You'll say, look, not only you got my domain, you're also impersonating me. So that can get you in really big trouble. Obviously, pay lots of attention to trademarks and pay lots of attention to impersonating someone, even if accidentally, because there is always this incentive that by somehow recreating the old content, you can get better rankings faster. Not necessarily, not necessarily the case. Why? Because historically, websites haven't be properly optimized for Google. So if you simply bring the old site back to life, it won't mean a lot in the current state of Google. So even though you really want to recreate or rebuild some of the former content, first of all, it's not yours. You own only the domain. You know, come up with similar content, slightly repurpose it, but properly optimize, build some topic cluster, optimize it for SEO, you know, speed optimize it, do all the things right. And that will bring much more value than trying to just you know, shortcut your way to foster rankings by taking advantage of the old site. So even though we might help you rebuild a former website, just as a service, maybe you lost your server files, right? As a service, I do not recommend taking advantage of someone else's work. So because it can fire up negatively uh, later. Obviously, you know, take a look at the backlink profile. Like there are so many people who just buy based on metrics. And I believe that's still a common mistake. So trademarks, uh, make sure you put some effort into creating great content, you know, properly optimize it by Google, for Google. Think topic clusters, think topical authority, and obviously um, avoid buying solely based on metrics. Check the backlink profile and the anchor text. You want to buy domains which have harnessed legitimate links, not artificial ones, not guest hosts, not PBNs, um, not any other type of links that have been paid for. And finally, where do you see the future going with age domains? So Google's always uh, changing up the algorithm, shifting. We have AI in play right now. So yeah, maybe like the next you know, 12 to 18 months or so, kind of short term and maybe like long term, anywhere you see the market going. I don't think AI knows it's wrong. So I have a daughter, right? And if she suddenly starts coughing really bad, I'll probably go and follow an expert's advice on coughing. I wouldn't trust just some random snippet from Google. Usually, the expert's advice is associated with a brand, and the brand is associated with a domain name. So I still believe brands strongly impact how people trust 
especially information online or the way they actually interact with information or follow someone's advice. So I wouldn't trust just, uh, let's say, create snippets from someone's website, even if they're referenced. I want to make sure that I'm reading the original source. So my prediction in regards to how age domains and domains in general, because there is an age domain is a domain. The only difference is, you know, that he has historical records like TransferWise rebranded to Wise.com. Wise.com is an age domain, they, but they wouldn't care. They went after the name. So brands are still huge. And I believe there's going to be much more emphasis on not only age domains, but age domains with great names. That's basically where the premium age domains came from. And as a matter of fact, I believe like we've personally spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on educating people of not only buying domains for the sake of the backlink value, but also the name value, because you can build a brand on it. You can, if you build a website under a low quality name, guess what? You know, the value of the business goes down when you try to exit it via buy a flippers, let's say. If it's built on an actual brandable.com domain, well, obviously you can charge more right away because it's so cool, right? So with domains, I believe domains aren't going anywhere anytime soon, regardless of how easy it's going to be finding and stumbling upon, you know, tips and advice and information. You're still financial advice, especially in your money, your life niches, you know, financial health advice. Like people aren't, like experts aren't going anywhere. In fact, Google has to feed those snippets and even AI has to feed itself from somewhere. And that's content that you as a creator put on the web. So, yeah, I think brands and domain names aren't going anywhere anytime soon. All right. This has been amazing. We, we do need to wrap up, but is there, is there anything that I forgot to ask you that you want to mention before we let people know where, where to find you and everything? But anything that I forgot? Well, not really. Um, again, I would like to emphasize the fact that age domains aren't an SEO trick or an SEO hack to rank faster. They're a reality, just like, you know, your, your neighbor's business going out of business or going bankrupt and you using your, his assets, you know, his space, his real estate, whatever you can get out of what's left. Age domains are a reality and think about it as a means to grow your business, not just as a means to, you know, rank faster by, you know, let's be a one redirect or anything. All those things, they do apply. But treat it as a business. Treat the entire process of buying topically relevant age domain as a means to grow your business. Just like you mentioned, you know, in the real world, companies that end up growing faster, they swallow the other companies, they buy, they merge. It happens regularly. So treat the process of buying relevant domain names with intrinsic value as part of a business growth. Stop viewing it simply an SEO trick to rank faster. And I can guarantee there is so much value beyond the fact that you will start so seeing those green arrows in your rank tracker going up. Perfect. So if people want to check out the Otis Marketplace, what should they do? Where do they go? So they can go to otis.global, obviously request access. I highly recommend they write something that makes sense when requesting access. The first thing, that we ask for two things. Where did you hear about Otis and why you want to join? If they heard about Otis on this podcast, they should write it down. Why? It will expedite the approval process. We don't want to deal with just anyone. We want to deal with people that we are able to help reach their goals, pick up the right domains, and just you know provide all the means necessary for them to take it further. We'd rather deal with someone who will return for more domains based on the results they got from us rather than one-time buyers who never come. So that's why I would like, we don't want just to let anyone in. Uh, second of all, reach out to us if you need any help. We've started with around 50 domains, you know, seven years ago. Right now we have more than a thousand. And since we've launched the Sell Your Domains initiative, we have around 40 to 50 new domains each week. So I do recommend you reach out and ask for someone's advice. We have the Mentors Initiative. Uh, we have a team of mentors that is able to help within the ranks of our community that have bought domains, built websites. They know how to tackle this. So they'd help you pick a great name. Sometimes you can get lured by high metrics, but it's not relevant. It won't work out. Sometimes you will get lured by the fact, or you will get uh, demotivated by the fact that you can't find a specific niche, like very, very specific one, where in reality you can get away, get away with a broader niche depending and some creative way to repurpose content, use it 
that's why um like we build the marketplace so you can buy the domain if it's like 3 a.m. and everyone else is sleeping. But nowadays, we still recommend you reach out if you have any doubt or question. We have an entire team in place ready to help you out, pick the right names and get the most stuff. Cool. And a quick plug for uh, Kyle, right? Kyle Claver is on yep. the experts yep. team. He's been on the show at least a couple of times. I, I can't remember all the times. There's too many shows. But uh, <laughs> most recently on episode 449, so... Kyle's one of the experts that you can work with at Otis. So, and by the way, this, uh, I'm an affiliate for Otis, but this is not like a sponsored spot. Like we just needed to catch up, Alex. So, all right, man. Well, are you, um, anywhere else? Are you on Twitter? Do you want people to follow you at such places or just check out the marketplace? And, you know, there, there's a way to ask questions, all, all the things that you mentioned before. But if, are you out there anywhere on social? Yeah, I'm almost everywhere. Not that active, but I'm also almost everywhere. My, I believe my username is Alex Audis Global. Just everywhere. When I started the the company, I've actually registered um, this um, this profile and this username on all platforms. So with Alex Audis Global on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, um, I believe even on Reddit. Like they can find me almost anywhere. Like I'm available. I have my DMs open. I'm eager to help, jump on strategy calls. I still like talking to people and helping them out, regardless of the position, how much business the business overall has grown. Awesome. Very cool. It's been a blast. We'll link up to all this stuff so people can check it out. And we'll catch up soon. Thanks, man. Cheers, Doug. Thanks for having me.